Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Miles Younger podcast, the only podcast that can knock 10 years off you in under 30 minutes. No one's yet commented to say that is not the case, so as long as that continues, I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, great feedback as well, thank you very much. Coming up today... You definitely have to look after yourself more with HIV, you have to think about what you're eating, what you're drinking, um, whether you do physical activity, that kind of thing. We're talking to HIV-positive men about how living with a permanent condition like HIV changes your attitude to ageing. Let's face it, it wasn't until recently people heard those words and didn't assume a shorter life, and, and now all that has changed. First off, I spoke to Tom, who runs a website supporting those with HIV and challenging attitudes. It's called Beyond Positive. And Philip Baldwin, a gay rights activist who's campaigned for the rights of those with HIV for many years. Also, coming up on the Miles Junker counter this week, retinol, the wonder product, and why it really works. And in the Miles Junker truth this week, my thoughts on beards and whether they're ageing. And this isn't just for the men, by the way. You'll find out why later. Okay, let's start with my first guest, uh, Tom. He's HIV. He runs the online magazine Beyond Positive. And we wanted to talk about ageing. So, Tom, welcome to the Miles Younger podcast. It's lovely to see you. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's it's uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, uh, do you know what? I, I've been following your tweets for a while, actually, editor of Beyond Positive. Uh, .org. I thought I'd get the plug-in oh, straight away. Very kind, very kind. <laughs> um, and then I noticed that you had recently been to a conference about HIV and ageing, and I thought, I need to get this guy on the podcast. I need to find out more about this. Um, let's start, if you don't mind, with your story. Um, when were you diagnosed? Uh, I was diagnosed back in August 2011, so nearly seven years now. And did you go on to medication straight away? Yes, yeah, so I was part of a trial called START, um, which was uh, finding out whether it's better to put people on treatment as soon as they're diagnosed or the, the traditional thing of waiting a while until their health deteriorated to start treatment. But I, I was in the straight away arm, so yeah, I went on treatment within a, about a month of being diagnosed and you know have been on it ever since. Were you part of that era that when you received the diagnosis you were like, I mean, obviously, it's a shock. 
but automatically you were like, it's all right, I'm going to be okay. Or did you feel you were part of that era that still had that fear about not quite knowing? I knew bugger all about HIV when I was diagnosed. Um, I went to a good Church of England school in the Midlands and sex education was a cartoon of two rabbits having sex and then a <laughs> video of a, a baby coming out of a woman and on a VHS. And then the lady said, so that's that. There was nothing about condoms or HIV or sexual health. And then from school, I went into a, a long-term relationship, so I didn't really engage on the gay scene with all the sexual health messaging. So when I came out of that long-term relationship, um, at about after about eight years, I knew nothing about sexual health, and it was only about a year and a half until I found out I was HIV positive. Because you know, I had, didn't know the, the skills and knowledge and the tools to look after myself, unfortunately. So when I got the news I was HIV positive, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to have sex again. I thought I'd never find another relationship, which is obviously not true, but just knew nothing about it at the time so you were uh, believing all those um myths if you like that you'd grown up with that a lot of people had grown up with in the 80s those yeah. terrifying images yeah. that had all embedded on our minds those those hideous adverts in the 80s that, yeah that were around. i mean i was only five at the time those adverts were out in, the, in like 89 but yeah, all I'd ever really known about HIV was when it was on the news in, um, you know, Ethiopia there's, and there's a famine and they, they didn't have access to medication. I thought, you know, how did this happen to me in in Worcestershire in 2011? But it does happen to everybody. HIV does not discriminate. And as you say, your reaction was one of, of shock and, and obviously fear. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you were scared. How long did it take you to, if you like, calm down with that and become confident that actually you were able to live a, a, a long and fulfilling life uh, it didn't take me that long maybe a couple of weeks I am a very practical person so as soon as I got the news I went home and I did lots of research I did lots of reading I googled stuff which is always a bad thing to do for medical never condition. google never, never google never google a medical <laughs> condition um but I found some great sites like um aidsmap.com uh, where there's lots of information about HIV and it just told me, you know, you will live as long as everyone else. Treatment is really simple for a lot of people. It's once a day. And that, you know, it calmed me down. I'm, once I knew what I was dealing with, I was okay. It's just the fact that I went from having no idea about HIV to it being like the most important thing in my life all of a sudden. Once you've kind of dealt with the fact that, you know, you're taking the medication and, uh, you know, obviously your life will not be cut short... Then you probably turn to the other aspects and the side effects uh, of what you're doing and what you're having to take. Yeah, HIV drugs are incredibly powerful. They're, they're designed to get into every part of your body, your blood, your muscle, your brain, you know, it, so to combat the HIV wherever it is in your body. But they are very, very powerful drugs, and you take them every day for the rest of your life. And, you know, they do build up over time. The first one I was put on, I had some horrible side effects, migraines, hallucinations, insomnia, nausea. Uh, but, they, you know, I I quickly realised that that wasn't for me, and they changed me. There's like 26 different combinations you can be put on, and, you know, the one I'm on now is absolutely fine. But, you know, they're still powerful drugs and they have an impact on the body, whether it's immediately or over the years, unfortunately. Did you worry, and it might sound really superficial for some people to think this, but but did you worry about how it was going to affect how you look? Because oh, I'll be honest, yeah. I think I would. And I think a lot of people would if they were honest and admitted that. Yeah, one of my biggest fears when starting treatment was a hang-up from, from the 80s, um, something called lipodystrophy, which is where the fat in your body sort of moves around and you get those... those Love those lovely, you know, um, throwback images of people with really gaunt faces yes. and the weirdly shapen um, muscles. Mm. 
but that doesn't happen with the new drugs but again it's because I knew nothing about HIV that was very present in my mind but yeah how I, how I look is very important to me I am a gay man living in London um, so it did con- concerned me but you know I will age gracefully or disgracefully one way or another but <laughs> try and look good as I do it but you do look great uh, and um, you've got fantastic skin thank you uh, you clearly you look after yourself don't yes. you yeah do you um, find because of uh, the condition and because of the drugs you're taking you're probably taking more care of yourself in that way than you might have done actually in that way it could be a bonus yeah I think for a lot of people with HIV um, your diagnosis is a point where you think about your life uh, and what you're going to change going forward because you definitely have to look after yourself more with HIV you have to think about what you're eating what you're drinking um, whether you do physical activity that kind of thing because again a lot of the medications you need to think about when you, what time of day you take them what you eat them with or if you drink with them etc but also you realise that you know you are a fragile animal and you need to look after yourself going forward so I I was going to say I cut down drinking but you, we both know I went out on the lash last night he was out last night he came in here and he was like oh so I was like I was like really how very unprofessional no, I'm joking how unprofessional of you no I mean you wouldn't know I mean no. goodness you're holding it together well my friend you really are um, but yeah you, I've certainly cut back on my drinking I eat a lot more healthily than I, I might have done back then in 2011 I do more exercise also I do things that I find more enjoyable and more important in life I used to have a really dull job in IT. You know, no shade to anyone who works in IT. I, I love computers and tech, but it wasn't a job that I enjoyed. So I've got, moved into working in HIV, which I find very fulfilling. I've really repaired relationships with people because, you know, it makes you evaluate what's important in your life with receiving something as, as massive as a HIV diagnosis. Moving on to this whole area of ageing, um, for anyone, no matter, you know, it could be HIV, it could be something else, there is um, research in terms of your condition and how people are ageing. What is that research and does it concern you? So, yeah, ageing and HIV is a really big topic at the moment. Um, everyone's talking about it like no one had ever considered it before, but, we, you know, we've, we've been dealing with HIV for over 30 years now. But it's the first time, because it is such a short lifespan of the, of the, the condition, only 30-something years of HIV, we're getting our first generation of people are actually ageing with HIV. They're actually going into that, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s with HIV. So we're able to observe them for the first time and compare them to the general population. And we're finding, unfortunately, that people with HIV are ageing quicker than the general population. Um, you know, there's uh, neurocognitive issues that are appearing earlier in people living with HIV. There's issues around um, pain, like neuropathy, um, issues around skin conditions, issues around muscle and joint pain, um, and cancers as well. Unfortunately, a lot of cancers are more common in people living with HIV, which again, age you. Um, and it's for two reasons, really. So the, the, the virus itself, um, when it's in your body, it causes inflammation. Um, it's just your body's immune response to virus, but that is inflammation, which then can age things like your joints and your, and your muscles and, and your bones. Um, but also the medication itself is quite powerful and it has an effect on your cognitive abilities. So the medications cause um, bone density issues, which obviously make you um, you more uh, susceptible to broken bones, uh, for example. Um, so unfortunately, people with HIV do age quicker. But also at the same time, people with HIV are being encouraged and helped to look after themselves better. So currently, just think, despite people aging with HIV, um, 
faster than the general population. They're going to live longer than the general population as well. People, The average person diagnosed today is expected to live longer than somebody who doesn't have HIV. That's remarkable. And is that because being aware of all of these things, they're almost taking more care of themselves? Yes. Than so. that, I, I suppose what that proves is that the general population often takes their health for granted, whereas in your situation you're saying you absolutely don't. Yeah, the, so your average man, you know, your average white British male doesn't go to the doctor ever. Like, unless there's something seriously wrong, it's impossible to get a guy to go to the doctor. But people living with HIV see their, their clinic three, two or three times a year. And at that those appointments, they get a full blood workup, they get, you know, a full health check, MOT, and they pick up the slightest issue before it's even like a problem. So I had a an issue with my iron levels, which a normal person would never pick up. And, they, you know, they corrected it straight away. And that engagement with healthcare two or three times a year, every year, and constant monitoring means that we're actually in pretty good condition. So we're expected to live a bit longer than people without HIV at the moment. So it's, uh, yeah, and it's a case of the fact that you get that monitoring um, and obviously maybe the general population uh, don't feel the need or can't obviously uh, get that service. Um, That's really interesting, really interesting how how it obviously enables you to know a lot more about what's going on in your body or more more self-aware about aging and what goes on than maybe the rest yeah. of us who just take it for granted some of us yeah yeah i mean and there's it but also um as i've i've i've, I've been talking about in the conference in ukraine i've just come back from about aging and hiv we've also got a second group of people um who you wouldn't necessarily think of as aging with hiv but they're the people that are born with hiv who might only be 20 now and you'd never consider lumping them in with ageing but you know they've had HIV for 20 years they've been on treatment for 20 years yes of which course. is you know three times as long as me in my 30s yes um, and they you know they've grown up with um, HIV in their body and the medication in their body and how does that affect them growing up and developing as, as an adult as an adolescent so absolutely I mean in some ways if you were to look back you would say it was remarkable we were having this conversation putting those two words HIV and ageing together yeah. in the early days uh, people would not you know that that was not something that was on the yeah. cards at all was HIV it? HIV is the fastest moving disease area in the world period we've gone from finding out about HIV and AIDS in the, the early 80s through to 2018 so 35 uh, odd years later and we now have treatment which is one pill once a day which keeps you healthy and it means you can't pass the virus on so it might not be a cure but it's pretty damn close and that's in 30 years you know we've got conditions that we've we've known about for 100 150 years and we don't have treatments for them yet so it is remarkable really when you think of it like that a medicine success story it's amazing really there'll be more from tom later and we'll talk to philip baldwin a gay rights activist right after this 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On the Miles Junkie counter this week, retinol, one of a handful of products that's scientifically proven to work. Now, retinoids that's the group name for them, work by prompting surface skin cells to turn over and die rapidly, making way for new cell growth underneath. They hamper the breakdown of collagen, they thicken the deeper layer of skin, and this is where wrinkles start. So, basically, they help prevent wrinkles. Let's start with this. Rock Retinol Correction Deep Wrinkle Anti-Aging with Mineral Extracts. It costs £15 for a tube, and it contains a high degree of retinol. That's what you're looking out for, the percentage of retinol. How about this from The Ordinary? Again, uh, these are simple products. Granactive Retinoid 2% Emulsion, just £8. But if you really want to go for something that has a deeper treatment, then Tretinoin Cream. It's available online. It's £30 a tube online, but it is a high-strength product. Now, Normally, you would have to get this under prescription, so I say it is available online, but please, please be careful. It's a derivative of vitamin A. Uh, it's used on the skin, basically the treatment of mild to moderate acne. Uh, so it, it is much stronger than the other products. However, it will have an effect on your skin. Just be careful if you go out in the sun after using it. You may notice this kind of burning sensation as you're using it. Uh, in extreme cases, where you want an intensive treatment over a shorter period of time, I would recommend this cream, but start on the lowest strength possible and then build yourself up if you feel that you need those extra effects. Let's get back to our chat on HIV and ageing. And let's introduce Philip Baldwin. He's a gay rights activist who's campaigned for the rights for those with HIV for many years. Here's what he thought. In terms of my own health regime, um, I mean, obviously, I, I, I take my HIV medication every day. Um, I go to the gym. Um, does, does the medication does it affect you in any way in terms of your looks because I know some people can go on medication and they go I'm sure wh whatever condition you're on I'm sure the medication is a degree it makes me look tired it makes me look puffy blah, blah, blah. does it does it it doesn't have any of those effects at all um, so my HIV medication has no side effects um, at all mm, in terms of uh, in terms of your looks and in terms of how you feel nothing yeah what what we don't know um, is um really how the HIV medication might be impacting me in 30 or 40 years time. So it's quite interesting in that we're now seeing the first generation of people who are growing old on the, anti on the antiretroviral treatments for HIV. So the antiretroviral treatments for HIV were introduced in 1996, and it's because of those antiretroviral treatments that I can say I have a normal lifespan. However, 
um, both health professionals and charities um, are a bit uncertain at the moment about the long-term impact um, that these treatments are going to have um, because um, as, as the title of the Terence Higgins Trust report suggested, this is uncharted territory and um, it's the first generation really who are um, living so long with HIV. So you obviously, you will know more as the years go by because, you know, there are people in their, their 50s, you know, 60s now who, who will be discovering things that obviously maybe will help your generation as we go along as well. Let's talk about the other thing about um, um, growing older is obviously, you know, we want to look our best. We also want to kind of feel our best and have uh, lots of people and friends around us. Um, people with HIV may well have been in the situation where other people that they've known who also had HIV have maybe not been so lucky and I'm talking about this generation now that we're talking about who are in their 50s and 60s um, who may have lost people lost friends um, and loneliness is always a, a is is a huge thing for for a, a, a generation of old people even more so now and would you say that's something in particular that people with HIV are, are aware of as well this kind of this feeling of becoming older and becoming more more lonely so the older people living with HIV are impacted a lot by loneliness and also financial uncertainty. So, um, for example, a lot of people who um, were diagnosed with HIV in the 80s and the 90s found that their entire friendship circles were wiped out. What would you have said to your 24-year-old self now, given that diagnosis I would I would give that 24 year old a big hug and tell them that everything is going to be okay I would tell him to follow the advice of um, of his doctors um, and I would also tell him to reach out to peer support networks to speak to other people living with HIV and specifically to yourself what would you have said because obviously you went home and we've heard you know that whole thing how you didn't tell anyone how you curl up on the sofa how you what would you say to yourself in terms of how to then deal with that moment? How would you, what would you change? Um, I would say that it's going to be a difficult time. You know it's going to be a difficult time, but just try to take things um, day by day. Um, keep working hard at the different areas in your life and things will work out. Um, HIV is not a death sentence um, and it shouldn't impact your life. Finally, do you think there's um, enough support currently for uh, people living with HIV and the kind of uh, age groups we've been talking about, 40s, 50s, this, this, this generation who are here and some of whom never expected to be? Is there enough support? Because there is now an increasing awareness around ageing and HIV, um, a number of the charities um, have set up groups, support groups, specifically aimed at older people living with HIV. So the Terence Higgins Trust have a group called the, the Silver Surfers, and they meet um, at a um, cinema to watch films. And I've heard really positive feedback about that. Now, um, 
clearly it's harder making services like that available in rural communities. So I think there are still um, real problems there. Um, Aging with HIV is something that we've only really become aware of as a trend over the last two two to three years. So um, there are an increasing number of resources being made available for older people living with HIV, but we do certainly need to do more. It's been lovely talking to you. Uh, So insightful. Um, I I feel I've learnt more and I hope people uh, listening will will feel that they've learnt more uh, because that's what it's all about, isn't it, really? And I'm glad that you're really happy and I'm glad that, obviously, you know, you're very healthy as well because that's important, isn't it, yeah? And you feel great, yeah? Um, Yeah, and and I would say as well, it's been um, a real joy being on your your podcast. Oh, that's nice. Thank (laughs) you. You can come back again. That's lovely. Thank you. You can hear more from Philip on a special bonus edition of the Miles Younger podcast, which will be coming out at the end of this series. But right now, let's get back to Tom because Tom was also telling us his story and how he's feeling as an HIV man who, well, is now in his 30s, but it's not going to be there forever. Um, and just going back to this whole area of uh, ageing that we were talking about. So um, what about you individually, apart from, because you look great and you've been out on the uh, on the vinos yesterday and the, <laughs> and the beers and the gin, whatever it was, um, and, and you, your skin looks great. Do you have like a regime uh, that you follow? And as we've discussed, maybe you do it a bit more because of you're aware of, of how the drugs in in your system might affect your body yeah i take um a lot of care of my skin because a it's the first thing people really see um so i'm quite conscious of that yes i always tell people that on the face it is the most important thing because you can't flash your six pack at a stranger in a bar although quite frankly some of the people some of the bars i've been to they do but (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and also at your age as well you know you want to continue to look uh, uh, good for as long as you can don't you yeah. and in the sense and obviously I know part of your work it, it, it means that you will be out there explaining your situation but for some people now as you've described with taking this pill hmm. they may well feel they want to keep that as something private oh, yeah. to within just their f- close family and that's it. Yeah most um, people don't share their HIV status with the world like I do I mean it's just with any health condition, you don't generally just go around shouting about, hello, I've got, you know, I don't know, psoriasis to everybody. But it's because HIV is so still very stigmatized, even in 2018, and it's still very misunderstood. It, you know, some of us still have to go around and talk about it. But no, it's not for everyone. And there's no reason for a lot of people to. Treatment's simple, it's effective. You know, it's one pill once a day, you see your doctor two times a year. There's there's no real reason for you to be telling everybody and for them to be worried about you. Do you think uh, part of that stigma still exists in the sense of, can you imagine someone looking at you and saying, which sounds awful, but saying, but hang on, you don't look like you have HIV. Oh, I hear that all the time, yeah. People with HIV hear that all the time. You don't look like you've got HIV. And that's that's a terrible thing to hit. Yeah, and that's, that shows that, their, I guess, their lack of knowledge and education of where we currently are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it takes back to what you said, those images of the of the 80s and the tombstones and those those videos from hospitals of people dying. That's what people, a lot of people still think HIV is. I mean, I thought that seven, eight years ago when I was diagnosed. But, yeah, that's still the hang-up people have. And, you know, some of us have to be wandering around shouting, you know, it's 
life goes on, you still look wonderful. I mean, if you look wonderful to begin with, it's not going to make you look any better either. But, <laughs> but it does probably make you look after yourself more. And I, I do like that. And I think that's an inspirational message to people who are listening to this as well, who maybe take their health for granted. A, a lot of people take their health for granted. But a lot of people have said when, it, when they're diagnosed, it's a turning point. They, they change how they look after themselves. They change possibly what they're doing for a job. They start thinking about repairing relationships or, or life things they want to do and achieve. And I'd hope that stigma has moved on. I'd hope society has moved on. HIV has got to a point where you can't pass it on to your sexual partners. You can have a, you can have a, be a HIV positive mum, a HIV positive dad, and have a HIV negative baby, and that's incredible. But should, we just need society to to move along with us it is incredible um and let's hope it's just a question of timing for that yeah. uh, to happen and in terms of um yourself um obviously you're happy with your partner at the moment at the moment and yeah. he's <laughs> <laughs> never say never always available for opportunities uh should they come along um no, he's and a sweetheart he's got he's a he's, he's he a HIV been... positive activist as well so okay. he he understands did when you I'm... meet uh, through your work yeah met on twitter through my work actually that's um, wonderful but he he understands when i'm having you know down days he understands when i'm being conscious about how i look because you know it's it's things that go through his head as well and finally um can you give some advice to people who are and i'm not just talking hiv here but uh maybe any condition where you feel that it's going to affect how you age uh, maybe how you look um, what would your advice be for people who are dealing with that firstly don't take yourself too seriously um, some things are out of your control um, unfortunately yes yeah, some conditions will cause you to look different or feel different and some of the things you can't control but just go with it try and do what makes you feel good whether it's dressing up like a clown and getting a strange red perm whether it's taking yourself down to the shopping center and spending loads of money on some clothes because it's going to make you feel better do it go and get a new haircut um but also don't think just short term think long term think what what i do today is going to have an impact 10 15 20 years down the line um so take care of yourself now. Maybe start investing in some skincare in your 20s. Not Don't wait until you've already got wrinkles in your 40s because it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> trying to fight them back. It's not working. Um, but yeah, slowing it just down. Just love yourself. It? Just look after yourself. Um, do what makes you feel good. Excellent. Well, I think that's perfect advice. I think for everybody to be fair um, but uh, I, it's been really interesting chatting to you I feel like I've learned so much I really have um, and, uh, and hopefully that will be the same uh, for people listening and also uh, for people who have maybe tuned into this podcast who are also um, with HIV and uh, they maybe will have found some inspiration here to just to, to keep looking fabulous and not worry too much about yeah. these other effects yeah. because if you're being tested all the time, then they're going to uncover this stuff yeah, probably yeah. before before even I know what I've got. Exactly. You know, the monitoring, the monitoring's wonderful. You'll live long and happy. It'd be fabulous. Fabulous. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks to Tom and to Philip for talking to me there. I, I think you'll agree it's a really fascinating area and one that is changing all the time. I found that so amazing that the longevity is actually increasing because, as Tom was explaining, HIV men are getting tested more for all sorts of other conditions as well. So in a way, they're alerted to things much earlier than we are. Just fascinating. Love that. 
As ever with these podcasts, I like to end with a miles younger truth, and today we're talking beards and ageing. Now, this isn't just aimed at the men, because women, as you know, you'll look at your man and think, do I like that beard now? Mm, now it's gone a bit more grey. Does it look all right? Does it look distinguished? Do we think so? Does it look a bit messy, a bit trampy? Do you know what I mean? So, some key questions I wanted to give you the answers to today. And the first off is, does the hair quality of the beard change as we age? Well, yes, obviously it does, and it can go grey. But what's interesting is that it's not affected by the hair on your head. So you can have a completely grey head of hair and you'll still find the hair colour of your beard can remain although you'll notice it will go patchy in places so there'll be grey areas particularly around the chin which seems to develop first Um, but around the sides you can often have darker hair so it's nice to have your natural colour still there in some degree now should you dye it or leave it natural Well, recently, uh, I spoke to a friend who was considering dyeing his beard. He was worried about the grey hairs in it. But the trouble was, he did it and he didn't dye it well, so it drew more attention to it. So you can do these things, but you've got to do it really, really well. And sometimes, actually, by just leaving it, it can blend in with your natural colour. And even though you'll notice it, actually, with your skin tone and everything else, as long as your skin is healthy... It, it can just look right. That salt and pepper thing can work. So dyeing is okay, but it has to be really, really good. And if you're doing it yourself at home, then just please, the weakest one possible to start with. Otherwise, it ends up looking like a stick-on beard. What style of beard is most youthful? That's another uh, good question. People always say that the goatee is the one that ages you the most, and I would tend to agree with that. There's something about that style that on a guy that just says maturity and somehow the thicker moustache just adds a certain element of of age uh, and it's just not a youthful look so much um, whereas a neatly cropped full beard can look more youthful than say a, a goatee. The other brilliant thing to remember about beards is they actually protect you from the sun. So all that UV exposure that you'd have been getting around the lower half of your face it's actually getting blocked by the beard. So it just means that that skin underneath is going to be protected. It's going to look more youthful. So one day when you do decide to shave off the beard, it's going to look fantastic. You've obviously got a much lower risk of things like skin cancer. It's actually protecting you from aging. So uh, when it comes to beards and aging, they'll protect you. They've got to look right. Don't overdo it with the colour. Go for a modern style. Keep it neatly trimmed and you'll always look your best. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Hope you like those tips, and we'll see you next time.